Lord, we always want to thank you for the beauty of your word. The scriptures are true. They tell us that the entrance of your word brings light. It is that light that gives understanding to the simple. And so may that light shine so bright, brightly today. And just as you have worked in my heart to believe this word and to walk in this word, may you help somebody today to believe and to walk in this word. I thank you for the many hearts and many lives that will never be the same again because they have listened to this word. And so, Holy Spirit, let's do this. Let's work. You know you are the senior here. You carry the torch. You carry the light. You carry the guidance and you do what only you can do. Unite with the hearts of men here and uh, the spirit of the same that is in them that you may work that which can only be done by you. And so I thank you for transformation. I thank you for change and I thank you for lives that will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say my life will never be the same again. Never, never, never. Hallelujah. My name is Alex. I just happen to be the lead pastor here. And uh, you are going to be blessed by the word of God. Hallelujah. Today we are starting a brand new series of sermons. Um, our series of sermons is called, we are going to have about four weeks of this series. It is called, Those Who Know They Are God Shall Carry Out Great Exploits. Those Who Know They Are God Shall Carry Out great exploits i am ready for exploits I, in fact in fact i am not just ready for i feel like exploding yeah B because of exploits i am ready for exploits excuse me if you hear me as if i am shouting uh, it is just that you haven't been where i have been in the world but by the time i end i promise you hey glory be to god you you will oh, hallelujah you will also be excited hallelujah glory be to god so the series is called those who know their god shall carry out great exploits and today's sermon is called it's a covenant issue it is a covenant issue. Let's open our Bibles in the book of Daniel. Let's go to Daniel chapter 11. We will start at verses 29. Daniel chapter 11. We'll start at verses 29. This is what the scriptures say. At the appointed time, he shall return and go toward the south. But it shall not be like the former or the latter. For ships from Cyprus shall come against him. Therefore he shall be grieved and return in rage against the holy covenant and do damage. So he shall return and show regard to those who forsake the holy covenant and forces shall be mastered by him and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation those who do wickedly against the covenant he shall corrupt with flattery but those who know their god shall be strong and carry out great exploits hallelujah now one of the things that satan is so afraid of is god's covenant or the covenant that god has with his people one of the things that the devil is so afraid of, that Satan is so afraid of, is God's covenant. That the covenant that God has with his people, it is a great threat to the devil. Hallelujah. In fact, there has always been, indeed, there is, and there will always be a spirit from hell that is assigned to specifically fight against the holy covenant. Yes, the devil is so afraid of the covenant that there will always be a spirit 
a spirit from hell assigned to fight against the holy covenant. God, in his dealings with men, has always dealt with people according to covenant. Even today, God deals with you and me according to covenant. So, before we go much further, I want to answer a question that some of you may already be having. What is a covenant? A covenant is simply an alliance, a pledge, and an agreement to enter into relationship with someone. It is an alliance, it's a pledge, it's an agreement to enter into relationship with someone. Once a covenant is agreed upon and sealed, it can only be broken by death. A covenant is an agreement. It's an alliance. It's a pledge that we are going to enter into a relationship. And once you enter into covenant and that covenant is sealed, signed and sealed, that covenant can only be broken by death. That's why marriage is a covenant. And the only thing that removes a marriage is death. Alright? So God deals with us according to covenant. Why? Because God is a relational God. He deals with us according to relationship and therefore he deals with us according to covenants. Now, covenants can be conditional. Conditional means if you do this, then I will do this. Now, when it is a conditional covenant, it is also called a bilateral covenant. Someone say bilateral. That means it has two people to play their part. Okay? It means if I enter into a bilateral covenant, you have a part to play and I have my part to play. When you play your part and I also play my part, those two things then work together. We work together. We are in covenant. But a covenant could also be unconditional. Someone say unconditional. Which means it has no conditions attached to it. Unconditional. And usually an unconditional covenant will also be unilateral. Someone say unilateral. Are you in class already? It is a unilateral covenant. That means there is only one side that plays a part and the other side only enjoys the benefits of the covenant. Hallelujah. We are going to find out pretty soon. <laughs> the reason you see I already started excited is because I've been in this word. And I'm going to tell you that the covenant that God has with us is both unconditional and unilateral. It is God doing everything and us enjoying the benefits that there are in that Covenant. Someone say covenant. It is a covenant issue. Now remember where I started you from. Don't forget. The enemy always has a spirit from hell that is assigned to fight covenant. Alright? And so because God is a covenant keeping God, the scripture we read is from a prophet called Daniel. Daniel is living and he is prophesying at a time of covenant transition. God had made a covenant with the nation of Israel at Mount Sinai. This was what we was called the Mosaic Covenant. Someone say Mosaic Covenant. Do you know why it was called Mosaic Covenant? Because he signed it between God and Moses. Moses on behalf of Israel and God on behalf of himself. Alright? So, God on Mount Sinai signed a covenant with Moses and that covenant that was signed was a conditional covenant and it was a bilateral covenant. It was a covenant that God said, listen, I have these things that I require for you to do. If you do them, then I will do this. That's why 
Some of you love Deuteronomy 28, which is good to love. Eh? Deuteronomy 28 has all the blessings that will follow everybody if you understand a conditional covenant will always have an if. You get it? So, you will be heads and not tails. You, your enemy will come in one way and scatter in other. If, if you are careful, in fact, he said, if you are careful to observe everything that is written in this book of the law. So, if you are careful, that is the covenant that Moses gave to the children of Israel on behalf of God. And he also said, because it was bilateral, it had two sides, and it was conditional, he gave them another side. You read Deuteronomy 28. It doesn't only have blessings. It even has curses. He says, if you don't, these curses will also follow you. Glory be to God. As long as Israel kept God's law, they were blessed. If they transgressed God's law and did not keep it, then all the curses that were listed, you see, he listed the blessings and also listed the words, the curses. And he told them, if you don't do this, the curses will also follow you. They would lose their land and they would be taken to slavery and captivity. Sicknesses, disease, their enemies would win them. Everything that was bad would happen to them. Why? If they did not keep the covenant. So God gave them this covenant. Guess what happened? They pretty much found out that God's standards <laughs> were too high for them to keep. The law only proved that they were inadequate and it, the law that God gave to children of Israel exposed man's inability to keep God's law by himself. Are we together? And so, because when God gave the law, what the law did, it exposed people. It exposed your inadequacy. It exposed the reality that we cannot keep God's law. And Daniel is prophesying during this period. And Daniel and his friends were to experience, because the nation did not keep God's law, okay? So, they were now experiencing the opposite side, the unfavorable side of a bilateral covenant, okay? That's why Daniel was in slavery. That's why uh, we don't even know their Hebrew names. We know them as Sadrach, Mesach, and Abednego. But there are other names actually written in there in the Bible. But we just know their Babylonian names. Why? They had transgressed the covenant. And so right now, where they are, they are leaving the repercussions of breaking God's covenant. But I told you that Daniel is living at a transition point. A transition point of covenant because the prophet Jeremiah, someone said Jeremiah, are you still following? Yes, the prophet Jeremiah had prophesied two things. Number one, he had told the children of Israel, because you have broken God's law, whether you like it or you don't like it, you are going to slavery. In fact, Jeremiah was such a terrible prophet because he, he began telling the children of Israel that Nebuchadnezzar, who was coming to take the children of Israel to slavery, was God's servant. He was God's instrument of justice against them. He, Nebuchadnezzar was God's weapon to tell the children of Israel, Odangam, hallelujah. But at the same time, Jeremiah had also given another prophecy. And it is this prophecy that Daniel was standing in. First of all, Jeremiah had told them, guys, you are going to go to slavery whether you like it or you don't like it. You broke God's covenant. However, we are serving a merciful God. We are serving a powerful God. What will happen is after 70 years. Oh, yes. Some of you, you calculate how long have you lived? He told them, after 70 years... God will remember you. 
And so Daniel waited. Daniel went into slavery when he was a teenager. At this time, when he's giving this prophecy, he's an old man, probably in his 80s or 90s. He has been in captivity for over 70 years. He prayed, and God remembered Israel. So people like Nehemiah, people like Ezra, people like Zerubbabel, by the way, all those people are in your Bible, yeah? Yeah, uh, all of those, they were walking as an answer to pray to Daniel's prayers. You know, some of you are here as answers to your mother's prayers. Some of you are here as answers to your pastor's prayer. In fact, some of you this morning, you would not have come. Let us stop it there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But many of us, you, you don't know, we may be sitting here, but maybe 20, 30, 40, 60 years ago, there was a man or a woman who was in a thicket right here and saying, Lord, let Luzira change. Do you understand? And so Jeremiah prophesied, Daniel saw the prophecy, Daniel prayed, and God answered by putting a thing on Nehemiah, putting a thing on Ezra, putting a thing on Joshua the son of Shultail. Putting a thing on Zerubbabel. Hallelujah. So now, as they are going to slavery, God also gives another promise. And Daniel is aware of this promise. The promise that God gave to Jeremiah is that it's no longer going to be the mosaic covenant of the law. But God was going to make another covenant. Someone say, it's a covenant issue. Okay, let's read Jeremiah chapter 31. In Jeremiah chapter 31, from verses 23. Now, this is the prophecy in which Daniel is located as he is looking into the future. Okay? Jeremiah prophesied and said, Thus says the Lord God, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. They shall again use this speech in the land of Judah, and in the cities, when I bring back their captivity. Do you see that? So Jeremiah had told the people of Israel that God would bring back their captivity. So the commitment that God was making to Israel is that after they return from captivity, there is something that is coming that is different from what they had before. Hallelujah. He said, this speech shall be used again in the land when I bring back their captivity. The Lord bless you, O home of justice and mountains of holiness. The people of Israel, by the time Daniel is prophesying, had served their time in slavery. They had gone into captivity and now God was ready to deal with them in a new way. And the vision that Daniel is having and the prophecy that he is giving for the future has this very prophecy we are reading as its backdrop, okay? Verses 24 in Jeremiah 31, God continues to say, And there shall dwell in Judah itself and in all cities together farmers and those going out with flock. For I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every soulful soul. After this, I awoke and looked around, and my sleep was sweet to me. So uh, Jeremiah is prophesying, but he's sleeping. So it's kind of like a dream for him, okay? And Jeremiah keeps saying, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. Someone say the days are coming. But we are living in those days for us. Say the days are here. Says the Lord of hosts. That I will sow the house of Israel. And the house of Judah. With the seed of man. And the seed of beasts. And it shall come to pass. That as I have stretched over them. To pluck up. To break down. To throw down. To destroy. And to afflict. I will also watch over them. To build and to plant, says the Lord. Do you see those things? So in the first covenant, if you did everything you did, God said, I will set my face against you. 
So he says, just as I watched over them to do what? To pluck up. He moved them out of the land. To break down. To throw down. To destroy. And to afflict. So will I watch over them to build and to plant, says the Lord. Hallelujah. He says, in those days, verses 29, in those days, which days are those now? These days. Yeah. He says, in those days, they shall no longer say, they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the sons teeth, the children's teeth are set on edge. Eh, for everyone shall die of his own iniquity. Every man who eats sour grapes, his teeth shall be set on edge. Now, do you see that things are now changing? And by the way, look at this scripture. Go back to verses 31, friend. He says, and it shall come to pass yeah, in those days that they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten sour grapes. Yeah? If, if, for you, if you don't know sour grapes, just think of these mangoes of corner when they are not yet ripe. Those mangoes, you, you bite it and after you eat, your teeth begin to, uh, to tell you, to remind you that you shouldn't have. He says, the fathers have eaten sour grapes, but the children's teeth are set on edge. It shall no longer be. So, um, those issues of generational curses, this is where God deals with it. My sin can no longer follow Aliyah. As long as she's in this other covenant. Because they understand what we are saying. You understand? These things, Simanya, your singer was like this. Your mother was like this. Now, those are the things. Now, you need to look into your background and see, was there a Musezi or a witch doctor? My background is now very different. Hallelujah. When you ask me of my family lineage, yeah? If you ask me of my family lineage, it has people like Paul. My family lineage has people like Peter. Harabashe de Brezekete. Hey! Did you know that Mary is my grandmother? Hey, that is my line. Eh? My line has people like King David, like Abraham. My father Abraham had many sons, had many sons, had father Abraham. I am one of them. So I am the son of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then, then Alvin can say I'm the son of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Alex. These lines, eh? these lines, these lines. These lines. You understand? So if there is a generational thing following me, the generation it is following has people like uh, uh, Mesusera, it has people like Enoch, eh? it has people like Daniel, it has, it has, it has those kind, those kind, not Simanya Mokasowe, Simanya what? Those ones. No, 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 no. Uh, look, the covenant we are entering says, in those days, verses 30 says, in these days, uh, everyone will die of their own iniquity. The man who eats the corner, it's whose teeth will be. You are free. You are free. You are free. Kankuburide. Ngasigwe walizimba. Hey! Glory be to God! Ah uh -uh. No! Yesu yandokola. Yesu yanunula. Yesu yanzijayo. He pulled me out. <laughs> he pulled me out. <laughs> He pulled me out. He helped me out. He redeemed me. Glory be to God. And he says, then, so now the most beautiful words begin in verses 31. He says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. And remember, Jeremiah is BC before Christ. We are living in AD after Christ. So the days he is talking about 
are our so he says behold the days are coming me i am say, you remember when jesus said uh, the day is at hand the kingdom of god is at hand it is here i am here so when i am reading that scripture i am reading it like this behold the days are now praise the lord so when i am reading this i am reading it this way behold the days are now behold the days are here behold i am living in the days when i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and with the house of judah not according to the covenant that i made with their fathers that day i took them by hand to lead them out of the land of egypt my covenant which they broke though i was husband to them says the lord now do you see that a transition is happening here there is an old covenant which god made when the children of israel were coming out of egypt that covenant which they broke that is why they are in slavery that's why daniel is prophesying in babylon and persia hallelujah and so though i was their husband says the lord verses 33 he says but this is the covenant let's read it together one two three go uh-huh this is the covenant that i will make with the house of israel after those days says the lord mm -hmm. i will put my laws in their hearts and write it on their hearts i will be their god and they will be oh my goodness do you see how one-sided this is? Everything in there is, I will. I will. My. Me. It is I. It is God. The only part in this covenant is God's part. It's unilateral. And he goes on and says, there come out. He goes on, verses 34. He says, no more shall every man teach his neighbor. And every man, his brother saying, know the Lord. Uh-huh. For they shall know from the least to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember. You people, do you know what iniquity is? The, the difference between iniquity and sin? There are certain things in your life that you knew they were wrong. You had even told other people that these things are wrong. But when it came to you, you decided, in fact, you decided by yourself that, you know, God, you first wait for me here. I will come. And you went and you did it. When you came back, God told you, why would you do that? And he said, Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. I will never, I shall never, I can never. Please forgive me. This only time, I'm not going back. And God said, all right, we are good. You are forgiven. After a month, you said, Lord, uh, I will come back. And you did it again. And he looked at you and said, what have you just done? He said, Lord, uh, uh, I swear. In fact, you were crying. <laughs> Lord, I never, never. And then you received the WhatsApp message. And you looked. And the hospice kept saying, uh, uh, remember you said never? Yeah, I did. But you know, it is called iniquity. It's not just transgression. This one, you were, it's not like you, it's like a temptation that caught you there and you just did what? No, this one you kept deciding. It's called and let us read that last verse of this covenant. What does it say? Whoever does not have sin, whoever has never done that, let him be the first one to pick the stone. You guys, are you understanding this thing? The new covenant that Daniel is now talking about, the one we read about as a holy covenant, this is what it is. God says, in this covenant, I will write my laws upon your hearts, your mind, 
and your heart. A covenant where he will be our God. Regardless, we shall be his people. A covenant where he will forgive our iniquity. And our sin, he will remember no more. This covenant, this covenant is the target that your enemy wants to kill. If you look at everything that you are fighting in your life, you will find that it is a covenant issue. I am telling you. The enemy is trying to fight this covenant. And so, when we look at Daniel and what he is describing in the prophecy, okay? In Daniel chapter 11, the, the scripture we looked at, you will notice that there is a war going on, okay? In verses 29. And in verses 30, when ships come from Cyprus, okay? When the ships come from Cyprus, they win this wicked ruler, okay? There was a war. And this wicked ruler was one. But instead, he turns in rage against the people of the holy covenant. You see that? It says, at the appointed time, he shall return and go south towards the south, but he shall not be like the former days. Go down. It says, for ships shall come against him. Therefore, he shall be grieved. That is, he will be won in war. In return, he will return in rage against what? The holy covenant. This is the covenant that Daniel has in mind. And do damage. But what he will do, he will return and show regard to those who forsake the holy covenant. Because the devil doesn't have a problem with you. Pray all you want to pray. Uh, say all the nice things you want to say. Just don't mind the covenant God has with you. Just Forsake it. Just leave it. The, the covenant that God has with you is the basis of his relationship with you. Are we together? And, and so, when the enemy is fighting you, he is really fighting against the covenant that God has with you. And this spirit is very dangerous because what it does is uh, it, it kind of exalts People who are outside of covenant. Uh, let me tell you, you look at some people who are not godly. And you see as if their things are working. You, you, you look at people who haven't believed in Jesus. And they seem to be driving the best cars. Because this spirit has a way of making you look at people who are outside of covenant as if they are the ones having life and you, you are not having life. It's a covenant issue. You are in school. You, you are looking for the money to buy the booklets, the lecture notes. But there is one who slept with a, a sugar daddy. And they, are, they have an iPhone 14. You, you are struggling with buying notes. They are eating chips, chaps, and chili sauce. Do you understand? Uh, listen to what the Bible says. In, again, he says, He shall return and show regard to those who forsake the holy covenant. Forces shall be mastered by him. They shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily offering and place their abomination, or their, the abomination of desolation. And look at verses 32. Okay? Verses 32, he says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant... He shall corrupt with flattery. He shall corrupt with flattery. Do you know someone who corrupts you while flattering you? you, 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 are, you your dress, that's like the best dress. That's like, that's like, uh, you, oh, my, oh my goodness, you, you are so good. You're, you're, but in reality, it is not good. It's, I'm telling you, uh, let me give you an example. Do you know that today, People who enter homosexuality are funded and financed. So on the outside, when you look out of covenant, they seem to be doing well. But it is a flattery. He will corrupt 
with flattery. So you realize that people who can't tell, like they were, they were interviewing a certain um, a guy actually on TV, yeah? Not Ugandan TV, those TVs. And they were asking him, can you define who a woman is? He's like, I can't. I, I can't. I, I don't know. I, me, I, I don't assign those labels. Can you imagine? But even you just use your normal sense. When you look at Peter Kidaha here, and you look at his wife, you can't define that one has breasts, the other one doesn't have. He will corrupt, but in a way, like flattering you. And the Bible talks about David. David also came and looked and said, but God, I looked and it looked like the wicked one was prospering and the righteous one wasn't prospering. And I looked until I went into the house of the Lord. And I looked at the end. And I realized they were flattered. Ah, let me give you another example. Do you remember? Jesus Christ comes to the earth. He comes as king of kings and lord of lords. Not so. But when the enemy takes him in temptation, takes him to a high place, what does he do? He shows him all the kingdoms of this world. And all the beautiful treasures of this world. And he tells him, you just bow down and worship me. All those things will be yours. And do you think he wouldn't, I mean, that never would have given them to him. But the great thing is, Jesus was always smarter. Some of us just need to outsmart our enemy. Hallelujah! And you know where I am is simply a temporary situation. A day is coming when God will lift me from here and place me somewhere else. Hey! Woo! My enemy, do not take my current address. No, because this is a transition point. Ah, I am going through. That's why when you come to church, we tell you of a break. Through because sometimes you have to break. Come on, someone give glory to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, when you forsake the covenant, you inevitably deal wickedly against the covenant. He wants you either to forsake it or to deal wickedly. But if you are not aware of God's covenant with you, then how will you deal smartly with it? Guess what? You will deal wickedly with the covenant. And even though, remember the people that are dealing wickedly with the covenant are the covenant people. They are the covenant people. This is why I'm so passionate about this. Because you can be in covenant but do wickedly against the covenant. You can transgress the covenant. And I am telling you friends, Allow me to be so pointed. But allow me to say this thing to you. Several of you are where you are today because you carry no understanding of this covenant. You carry no appreciation of this covenant. Even when you hear the covenant, you, your mind fights against the covenant. And because you are dealing wickedly with the covenant, you are stuck. And you shouldn't be stuck. I like what Benson in the horse I used to say. He said, when you come to Jesus, your life can only be going upward and forward only. But is that your experience? Hey, we need to come to a place, friends, where we embrace this new covenant that God has given to us. Let me show it to you in the New Testament. Because you may be saying, ah, all of that is old, old, old. Look at this. In the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Let's start from verses 14. Hebrews, chapter 10. All right, let's read this. One, two, three, go. Uh -huh. For by one offering, he has... Look, by one offering, one offering, he has perfected. Not for one day, not for one week. Not until the next time when you sin. Woo! Glory be to God. By one offering, he has 
guys online. Because I feel this thing should enter someone today. By one offering, he has perfected, not for a month, not until Jesus Christ comes back, you have been perfected. I know, you look at yourself and you are like, but yeah, if you were the one perfecting, we would question your perfection. But the good news, he took it out of your hands. Hallelujah. So you know what that means? It means within my perfection, I may have times of, ah, but then I still am. Within my perfection, I'm being sanctified. Within my perfection, I'm being sanctified. Oh, do not define me by a bad day you found me in. <laughs> Glory be to God. There is a sacrifice. Okay, let's continue. Verses 15, it says, But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. Eh? For after... So basically, what he's telling us here, whatever Jeremiah was talking, it wasn't Jeremiah. It was the Holy Spirit who was witnessing to us. For after he had said before... After he had said before, verse 16, uh-huh. Let's read together, uh-huh. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. By the way, you know, you know I, like, I love the Bible. Because when he says it is the Holy Spirit, he puts the word them instead of uh, that I will make with the house of Israel and Judah. In the New Testament, he brings us all in. Do you see that? I hope I'm not adding my words in there. I'm just helping you to see what is there. He says... This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. Uh-huh. Let's read. I will. In their hearts. Uh-huh. And in their minds, I will write them. Let's move forward. Uh-huh. Then he also adds. Let's read. Let's read. Then he also adds. Uh-huh. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? He said, your sins and your lawless deeds, he will remember. So who is remembering? You know, let me tell you, it's the reason we come to Jesus. We can't help ourselves. It's the reason Jesus dies on the cross. If you die on the cross, you will die dead, dead. You will die in your sin. That's why we come to Jesus. Because by that one offering, he perfects forever. Those of us who are being sanctified. This is the good news of the gospel. It is a covenant issue. It is a covenant issue. God made a covenant. This covenant was, their sins I will remember no more. And their lawless, their sins and their lawless deeds. Their sins and their lawless deeds. Their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. God has entered a covenant with you and me that my sins and my lawless deeds, he will remember no more. Hallelujah. It is a covenant issue. It is the holy covenant. Now, there is a spirit that was assigned from hell. To make sure you don't understand, you don't believe, nor do you take in this covenant. I know what you are thinking. Uh, people keep saying, if we tell you of this covenant, that God says he made a covenant with you, that your sins and your lawless deeds, he will remember no more. Now, that will mean, if you really, really believe that, 
then you will instead go and start sinning and doing lawless deeds. But that's not what the scripture tells us. The scripture tells us what he is going to do. He is going to write his laws in your heart and in your mind so that you don't need someone telling you don't go there. Stop it. Why are you? Where are you? Who are you? What are you doing? And who is this one? Why? You will not need that person. Why? Because that person will be inside of you. Glory! Hallelujah! There were times and there were days when you would go and drink your as many times as you want and you would come back home and you would sleep and you would wake up and say ah i need another beer well there are those times now you came to jesus you try it will successfully go inside and then you will you will live another week trying to hide from no one from no one from no one why because there is a law that is written inside you Hallelujah. You are no longer under the law, but you are not lawless, my dear. There is the law of the spirit of life in Christ that is operating in you. And we must believe the covenant. Glory be to God. I am telling you, even if you try, you will be there for a week. You will be the most miserable human being. Why? Because there is a law. That is written in your heart and in your mind. Hey! And it is a covenant issue. It's a covenant. And by the way, even if you go a hundred miles and go, the Lord will be. You remember the story of the prodigal son? He will be like a father seated waiting for you. Anytime you come, there's a party. I don't want to stop until you have really. Because if you forsake the covenant... Daniel said that those who do wickedly, according to the covenant, he will corrupt with flattery. But those who know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. So what I am looking at right now is a man and a woman who is going to do exploits. The man who is going to do exploits must embrace the covenant. The holy covenant. It's a holy, it's a holy, it's a holy covenant. This is the covenant by which we are made holy. We are made righteous. We are made sanctified. We are made the righteousness of God in Christ. God has committed himself to us. He has said, their sinful deeds I remember no more. They are lawless deeds. I'll remember no more. If you are right now here and you are remembering, you are alone. Let me say that again. If you are here and you are remembering your sinful deeds, they are yours. They are whose? And who is remembering? But there is a covenant that we enter into. It's called a new covenant. It is unconditional covenant. It is a unilateral covenant. Which says your sins, their sins, and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. So if you are remembering, whatever you are remembering right now in your head, you are alone. And that remembrance is not from God. It is the devil that is described in the scriptures as the accuser of the brethren. Am I talking about a covenant? So do you see friends, because of Jesus and by Jesus, we have been included in the new covenant. We are a people of a new covenant. We are a people of a holy covenant. This is the covenant that God has with us. This is the covenant that the spirit of darkness does not want you to embrace. Yet, this is the covenant that gives you freedom. It is this covenant that makes you clean their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. 
Now, if you have a bat in your head, I want to tell you there is no bat. But this is not a covenant you made with God. This is a covenant God made with you. Glory be to his name. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, friend, this is where your freedom is. Friend, this is where your power is. Friend, this is where your victory is. Hallelujah. That's why the right of Hebrews doesn't continue there. I'm telling you, because you have to get this. You are in a covenant that says, I will write my laws in their mind and in their hearts. And because I will do that, God is so confident in the work that he has done in you. And he says, your lawless deeds, I'll remember no more. Your, uh, your um, sins, your transgression, your iniquity, I will remember no more. Why are you remembering? Out of covenant. So he goes forward and says in verses 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness, <laughs> Where do we get our boldness from? The covenant says, therefore, having boldness to enter the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is through his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our blood, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Give him a hand clap, he's faithful. I want us to go to verses 22 there and I want to highlight just one thing and then I'll be done. Because he says, having embraced the new covenant, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Look at those, uh, those three things that are going on there. He says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. I don't know if you, you have ever sinned, yeah? but me when I sin, one of the things that kind of goes away fast is my assurance in God. And some of you are not certain about your standing with God. And even God is wondering, where is your assurance? Is it in what you have done or what Christ has done for you? Ah, may this word enter your life. Hallelujah. He says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith and having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. What does he mean by an evil conscience? That's where I want uh, to deal with and then we'll end. Because when you understand an evil conscience, you will know whether you are living in the new covenant or outside of the covenant. Because from now on, you will understand that whatever issue you are dealing with in your life is a covenant issue. Whatever battles you are fighting in your life is a covenant issue. Because he says, you must have your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. You know why? Because friends, the Bible says this. He whom the Son sets free. Why? It's a covenant issue. If you have the Son, you have life. Why? It's a covenant issue. Because God is covenant, which clears you of any guilt and any condemnation, that covenant is an everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. Because of that covenant, friend, evil conscience must go away so that you are now conscious. You know that difference between evil? What's the opposite of evil? What's the opposite of evil? Help me. Good. Yeah? So if you have an evil conscience, you don't have a good conscience.
conscience. If you have a good conscience, you don't have an evil conscience. So you must, and the consciousness is an awareness. So what are you aware of? You know there's some people who walk out of their house and they have a consciousness of this thing is going to fail. That is an evil conscious. And it says, get your heart and have it sprinkled from an evil conscience. Because of Jesus and by Jesus, you have been qualified. So you are qualified. Evil conscience, go. You are anointed. Evil conscience, go. You are determined. Evil conscience, go. You are favored. Evil conscience, go. You are of sound mind. Evil conscience, go. You think the right thoughts. Evil conscience, go. You will flourish. Oh yes, because of Jesus and by Jesus, whatever you lay your hands on to do shall prosper. Hey, who am I talking to? Because of the covenant, you are brilliant. Because of the covenant, you are a success. Because of the covenant, you are above and not beneath. Oh, may I go on? Because of the covenant, you are prosperous. And I'm telling you, it is a covenant issue. It's a covenant issue. Don't forsake the covenant, friend. It's what the enemy is after. He says, those who deal wickedly with the covenant will corrupt with flattery. Hallelujah. So, today, I want every one of us to reject an evil conscience and be fully assured that God has brought you up for such a time as this. I, I always tell you, friends, if you are going to be effective in the 1800s, you would be born in the 1800s. But God knew that 2023 needs you. Oh, yes. That's why you are, you are existing today. Take away that evil conscience. You are in a new covenant. Hallelujah. I am telling you, friend, stand up and be counted. Stand up and be counted. You are the man for the job. You are the woman to lead. It is a covenant issue. It has nothing to do with your academics. It has nothing to do with your beauty. It has nothing to do with your academic qualifications. It has nothing to do with who you know, who you don't to do. It's a covenant issue. I have a covenant. I have a covenant. I have a covenant. It's a covenant of peace. It's a covenant of joy. It's a covenant of forgiveness. It's a covenant of goodness. It's a covenant of God on my side. Hallelujah. It is by this covenant that we do great things. You know, a lot of times I look at people and I see big things. Big things. You know why? Because the Lord over the years has purged me from an evil conscience. You know, there are some people right now, if I came to you and I said, you know, stand up, you are going to give us the sermon for next Sunday. You would be like, that's how you know if you carry an evil conscience. <laughs> yes. You don't feel you are qualified. You, you get it. I am telling you, there are certain people right now, the reason you sit in the back, I'm not saying everyone, I'm not saying everyone. I am just saying certain people. Even if you got them from the back and told them, please come. There's a seat for you in the second row. Okay, not the first row. On the second row. They'll be like, ah. No, 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 no. You immediately disqualify yourself. But people who carry a nice conscience, when they move into a place, they find the best place. The best place. Why? They are qualified. They are qualified. There are people in companies, they will never apply for big positions. You know why? They look at their education, they look at uh, who, uh, they are a woman, then they look at and they say, huh. Some of you, the reason you're not praying for the sick to be healed, evil conscience. You have a consciousness of weakness, and that is dealing wickedly with the covenant. And God is saying, those who do wickedly with the covenant, the enemy flatters them. It corrupts them with flattery. 
You think you are okay, but in reality you are not. Okay. And, but he says, but those who know they are gods, they are the ones who will be strong and do exploits. Glory be to God. You know, sometimes I, I travel with some of you. And for me, when I travel, I know where my seat is always. Praise the Lord. And then some people I travel with, they also have a certain seats in their minds for them. And I just leave them in their seats also. And I also go in my seats. Why? Uh, le let me tell you, I'm here helping you. When God looks at you, he sees you a success. You carry his DNA. You carry his anointing. You carry his name. Oh, you, you carry, you, you carry the, the power of heaven inside you. You carry the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead inside you. Why would you be like nobody? Those who know they are God, the covenant keeping God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Let's give him glory and honor.